0: Welcome to Australian Music Podcast, or AMP for short, produced by Hugh and Rod with Joe and Luke to provide histories and critiques of the first 50 years of Australia's sometimes progressive, other times just peculiar rock and pop music. In the podcast, we discuss a particular stream or genre of music and then also present our own musical tribute as we celebrate on all that's good and very occasionally bad in Australian music. With our look at a Australian music, pop and rock music, especially of the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, we haven't looked at something that's much harder and much darker, and that's heavy rock, heavy metal, hard rock. It came out here from England. The The great progenitors, I suppose, were Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. All, all, all had um, a great influence. And in Australia, Rod, I think the first band that really did some hard rock, started off in Adelaide.
1: They did, and, and it's probably not the band you would expect, but it's a band called the Zoot. They started out in Adelaide as a mod band called Down the Line. They were discovered by one Bernard Neeson, later known as Doc, ah, who right. suggested that the the name Down the Line is not gonna cut it. He suggested the name Zoot. They then became a pop band that dressed up in pink satin and drove everywhere in the lead singer's pink Cadillac. But they soon tired of people shouting out <laughs> shouting out nasty comments about the pink. Um, took, a, took a break, threw away the pink suits, and came back again as a as a kind of hard rock outfit. Well, I mean, let's
0: talk about the quality of the musicians for a start. There was a guy called Daryl Cotton on vocals who was, you know, very good and a really nice bloke. But the guitarist and the bass guitarist, sensational,
1: sensational. And both went on. I mean, Rick Springfield on guitar went on to become an international superstar. He still is. B. Bertles went on to become a founding member of Little River Band. That's right. Rick Brewer, of course, the drummer, was later <laughs> to be found in the Ferrets. They're they big hit and it's probably one of the best covers versions of a Beatles song ever. Yeah. Is this song we're about to hear called Eleanor Rigby?
2: In the church where a wedding has been. There's a tree and waits at the window. Wearing a face that she keeps in a job by the door. Who is it for?
1: Fabulous riffs. Oh, and so inventive. Even Rick Springfield,
0: B. Birdle's Rick Springfield, sensational.
1: And the drumming too, the whole thing is and the the backing vocals and the harmonies. yeah, now, I must remember Rick Brewer as well because he's doing a great job there.
0: fantastic stuff. look, in Sydney, there was another band who really paid great credence like a later act did to black Sabbath
1: Black Sabbath and the... so
0: yeah you know, look, look those three bands were so significant that we mentioned before. You know, Deep Purple weren't everybody's cup of tea. Hard Rock wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but this band very influenced by Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. And Uriah Heep, remember? Ah, People Uriah. People remember he- Uriah Heep. Yeah. Very heavy, very
1: humble. <laughs> very humble. Um, tell us a bit about Buffalo. A cult riff bass. Bluesy, progressive rock, I think I've been described as. <laughs> uh, Buffalo were formed by lead singer Dave Tice and Peter Wells, who was actually on bass in Buffalo, but later on to become a guitarist in Rose Tattoo. Of course. Uh, they, they, they were very rarely played on the radio. The record stores wouldn't stop them because of the kind of... Um, satanic influence? Satanic and kind of Duh. sexual kind of imagery mm. on the covers. Mm. They made their name through playing throughout thousands of school halls and local dances. Mm. Um, but they were very, very much, as you say, influenced by the whole Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, the Rye Heap thing. Australians really jumped on that, I think, didn't they? They jumped on the hard rock thing. Yeah, suited it suited us climate. down to the
0: ground. The long yeah. hair, the screaming vocals, the loud music suited our pubs, ah, suited being male, basically, um, you know, being a bit of a wild male working class you know, in, in the 70s. Um, we're going to listen to Shylock, which is off their second album and most successful album, Volcanic Rock. Interesting, great, uh, let's just call it primitivism <laughs> from Buffalo. And there's a bit of a segue there also to our next band, Rod. Rose Tattoo. Yeah, because Peter Wells was in Buffalo but not playing guitar and he was in Rose Tattoo as the lead guitarist and slide the lead guitarist, guitarist, the very yeah, famous yeah, yeah. slide guitarist. Well, you know, it was a real great part of their sound, the tats, was Peter oh, Wells' was, was amazing slide. was an essential slide. part
1: of their sound, there's an amazing sort of street-level heavy blues slide guitar. Yeah, and, of course, it's got the uh, enigmatic Angry Anderson on
0: lead vocals. And, I mean, they were a bit scary for Countdown, but they went on and they terrified the
1: shit out of the kids sometimes. Well, they did, but the kids loved it, you know. um, I remember when the the band first started, because Angry was in a band in Melbourne called Buster Brown, came up to Sydney, uh, hooked up with some people and said, forming a band called Race Tattoo. To be in the band, it was compulsory to have a tattoo. Oh, that's why I didn't. That's why I didn't join them. They didn't want a keyboard player anyway. <laughs> Who'd want a keyboard player <laughs> with a... a tattoo? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, listen. Their big hit
0: was "Bad Boy for Love," but today we're going to listen to "Rock and Roll Outlaw."
1: Still, not a bad sound for the late seventies. Pretty good, and I mean they they still come back and reform every few yeah, years, of as, far as but <laughs> they've had more members than Swanee. you're <laughs> well, talking about Swanee, let's, let's move on to Swanee. Okay, now yeah. you've
0: got some experience with Swanee. You tell us about Swanee. Well, I did play Well, in actually, yeah. yeah, you did play
1: Swanee. I, I played, played piano for Swanee for a year or so in the, oh, yeah. in, the, in the 80s, and it was a lot of fun. He's a great guy and everything, but uh, the band was But For those that
0: don't know who Swanee is, can you, can you explain the relationship well, with another great Australian well, singer?
1: Well, Swanee is basically... The band was a vehicle for lead singer John Swan, brother of Jimmy Barnes, a member of that family, another South Australian boy... I do have a list here of all the members that were in Swanee. I don't think Um, we have enough time, I don't think we've got an hour to spend. (laughs) I mean, I can think of five keyboard players. You can just highlight yourself. (laughs) Well, there weren't many keyboard players. There's only about sort of six or seven, but there were probably about 100 guitarists who came in and out of the band over the years. So you'd think. He did come out of South Australia. He was the drummer in Fraternity with Bon Scott for a while. Uh, he was the drummer in Blackfeather when they became Feather. And then he signed up with Warners and he had two tracks written by staff writers, Kenneth and, St- and Skinner, Dave Skinner, who was oh, the Dave people Skinner, yeah. from, Roxy, from, from Roxy Music at one point. Okay. Pop classics, Lady What's Your Name and Temporary Heartache. But the real core of John Swan was a hard rock and boogie band. And that's the song we're going to hear today. Old Rosie, it's one of the classic rock boogie songs. Gustav, and may I say, what a fine singer he is! It's the He's one of the best. One of the best.
0: It's only natural that we listen to his brother. We're into the '80s
1: now, and Cold Chisel's becoming one of the top bands in Australia. Uh, unlike Swanee, they're a band. They've had pretty much a constant lineup the whole time. That's right. Good songs, two good vocalists. You know, great instrumentalists, good songwriters, and Don Walker remains one of the uh, best documenters of the Australian culture. Look, the thing about
0: John Swan and Jimmy Barnes, you know, when they grew up in, in, in such rough circumstances, Led Zeppelin w- w- was the music they listened to, and and, and the same for th- their whole generation. But but particularly Led Zeppelin was huge. So their live performances, early performances, were littered with things like versions of you know rock and roll off Led Zeppelin 4 and stuff like that. So Zeppo was a huge influence. And boy, can't you tell on Jimmy Barnes's voice how Absolutely, Robert Plant yeah. influenced him early? Yeah. I mean, you know, Jimmy can scream like. Nobody else in Australian music. Yeah, some people think it's not good, but you know, fair enough. He's a screamer, best screamer we have.
1: And what's the song? Well, the song we're going to listen to is a song called "You've Got Nothing I Want." They had a, they had a very good bad one. time in America with the record company. People hated them. The record company treated them like shit. So Barnes came back and he wrote this song called "You've Got Nothing I Want." And I seem to remember they did it on Countdown and smashed up the new instruments at the end of the, the end of the song. But such naughty boys, weren't naughty they? Naughty boys, you know we the sound of the combination of the piano and the guitar in their, in their records. They just had it down, didn't they? Mm. How did this sneak into our podcast on heavy rock, by the way? Piano and heavy rock? <laughs> piano. Well, I do remember a friend of mine was playing keyboards for another hard rock band who's not mentioned here today called mm. Boss, mm-hmm. and they were playing at a bikey turnout, and they introduced him to one of the bike's and there's a keyboard player, and the bikey goes, keyboards? Don't come to soft cock with me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent says it all. But says Don all Walker could rock. I've got to
0: say, Don okay. Walker rocks. Don Walker rocks indeed. What, um, what's next on our list? Hell's Bells. By Eka Decker. Well, there's a bit of a story here because Bond died. Maybe, you know, a bit of the album was done back in
1: black. But Brian Johnson joined, so this is the first big single by Brian Johnson. It is indeed. Brian Johnson um, was in a band called Geordie, I think, before that. That's right. Now, people think, still think of him as the new singer in ACDC, but he's been in there for nearly 40 years when yeah, you think indeed. about it. Oh, he's a good singer too. You know, he's not our Bond, but uh, he's a bloody good singer.
0: Of course, one of the great symbols of rock music is used
1: in this song. And
0: what's that, Rod? The
1: bell. That huge big bell. Gong. Is it a gong it, or a bell? It's a 2,000-pound, 2000 2,000-tonne 2000 bell from Leicester, England or something. I think they must have gone out on location and sampled it. Hell's Bell. Hell's Bells.
0: I thought it was going to be ACDC's first instrumental there for a while. The scene didn't come in for about two minutes or
1: something. It goes on for a while, is not it? And mm. just, just correct what I said before, it's a 2,000-pound bell, not a 2,000-tonne bell. <laughs> That'd be pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it wasn't sounding that loud, was it?
0: Okay, now we're going to go to a band from Newcastle.
1: Moving on to the 80s, late yeah. 80s, early 90s, right. really.
0: Yeah, the 90s, is it? Yeah. Wow. Boy, time flies when you're in a hard rock band. Now, this is a guy called Dave Gleeson. And uh, the guitarist I remember, Grant Wormsley, at the beginning, they've been going through lots of permutations over over the decades and over their various reformations. That's right. And, you know, like fantastic pub band. And I suppose we can... Also say, like we did of Chisel, are they really a hard rock band? Well, they're really just a really
1: loud rock and roll band. Rock and roll pop band. But, but in the early days, apparently they played at the Cardoma Cafe in 1990. Hey, hey, and hey. We you know the Cardoma Cafe. Will you? We'll talk about that later. And uh, the, the Newcastle crowd came down. The guys from Yui came down and their followers, and they had a huge fight with the, with the Sydney followers, and the, the people were carried out on stretches from the Cardoma Cafe. Their biggest hit was a song called Better, which you hear on the radio all the time, so we won't play that now. We're going to play a, play a song called um, FRC. Oh, what does it stand for? Fat Rich Censored. Oh, Fat Rich
0: Censored. <laughs> Let's have a listen to Fat Rich Censored, FRC. In, in in a typically defamatory way, some journalists wrote that FRC by the radical band Screaming Jets were actually referring to people like the politician Russ Hintz or the the music impresario uh, Michael Godinski. Oh, really? After all they've done for Australia and for That's the
1: music right. industry, you know? Two such stalwarts yeah. of
0: politics and music. <laughs> they made Australia great again. Now, um, we've got now a, a, a band that really summarises all the influences on hard rock or heavy metal, and that's Wolfmother, Andrew Stockdale. Now, I suppose back when they first started, they were relatively stable with, um, you know, Chris Ross and Miles Heskett. Uh, they, They were in the band for about four years, but after that, it's just, you know... Rent a drummer, you know, well, rent right. a bass and, and
1: it was it was the classic three piece rock rock lineup, really. Yeah, but but, uh, but as you say, it's now become more of a vehicle for Andrew Stockdale. Yeah. Oh, would, and he's bloody good too. Yeah, he definitely does it really well. He does wear his influences on his sleeve a bit. Oh, you but, bet. But it's good you to bet. see hard rock yeah. sort of surviving. Someone revitalising that sound. Yeah. yeah. But you know, again, as we said at the beginning, Australian hard rock was really directly
0: influenced by those bands we mentioned before. You know, of course it was Led Zeppelin, but Wolfmother especially, Black Bloody Sabbath, uh, Deep Bloody Purple. And who was your favourite? And Uriah. Uriah Uriah Heap and the boys. Yeah, the humble. Okay, let's have a listen to White Unicorn by Wolfmother. So here in the studio we've put together a kind of maniacal hard rock song, Sphinx of Black Quartz, Rod screaming vocals, Joe, me, Damien, Luke, there's a cast of thousands on this to get one of the greatest rock sounds, hard rock sounds, ever produced in Australia. Well actually, that's not right. Anyway, the lyrics are very special. Uh, We had a help from a a guy called Pangram Parsons. So have a look at the website later, have a look at the lyrics, and have a listen to the sound. Sphinx of Black Courts.
2: speaks of black cards, the How Alan Carter, rape my tomb, the of the legend's womb. Giant Fox, the Circuit circle, flows. got
0: thanks for listening to this episode of AMP, Australian Music Podcasts. Our main sources for these special AMP podcasts are essentially our fading memories and quite erratic music industry experiences. But there's always invaluable material from writers such as David Nichols, Ian McFarlane, Glenn A. Baker, Anthony O'Grady and the Miles Ago website.